0: Hey there, I'm your host, Kiju, and this is the Kokoro Garden Podcast. Hey folks, thanks for joining today. So we're going to be talking today about hardy annual flowers. Hardy annual flowers are the flowers that generally bloom in spring, sometimes a little bit later, and These are also flowers that can be planted before your last frost date here in the early parts of spring and even sometimes late winter. Some of you may be familiar with hardy annuals already that are plants that you can plant in fall, but I wanted to talk a little bit more about what we call early spring planting. So we're talking generally about the months of anywhere from January through April. Uh, depending on your zone, if you're living in a lower zones such as the zone 3a you may be looking more towards april if you're living in a higher zone like a zone 7 or 8 you may be looking as far as january february as far as early planting of these hardy annuals but the important thing to know about these hardy annuals is that they can take cold when properly hardened off and acclimated to their environment these hardy annuals actually prefer growing in cool and cold conditions sometimes even down to freezing temperatures or even below zero all depends on the plant. So we'll talk a little bit about those varieties later and what temperatures that they can withstand. It's specific for each plant and sometimes even specific to each variety. So I'll go over a couple examples of those later on. The important thing to know is that one of the really fun things about hardy annuals is that you can get them started now. We're talking in January. You may still have snow on the ground. You may still be suffering from sub zero temperatures. Uh, you know, back then Nebraska, Minnesota, and Chicago, you guys in the Midwest are suffering from like 12 inches of snow in 24 hours. You can actually start to get ready for spring by starting some seeds. This is really awesome because personally, I don't know about you, I'm getting a little stir crazy being inside and the winter is getting a little bit depressing as far as not seeing green and not seeing bloom. So the idea that I'm going to in a couple of months, if you can believe it, start seeing some blooms on uh, the plants that will be able to cut flowers from. I get super excited about that. And I am really, really, it just makes my day brighter and gives me something to look forward to. So it is something that you can work on now and something that you can look forward to, which I think is a great thing. And again, these annuals are meant to grow in cool, cold conditions. Uh, We're looking at, as far as temperature-wise, anywhere from around, let's say, 40 degrees all the way up to about 70 degrees is their optimal growing temperature. So these are these kind of cool spring temperatures here. But interesting enough, a lot of these plants will be able to survive a light frost or even potentially a freeze, depending on the variety. So a lot of flower farmers are aware of the concept of spring flowers do well with a long and cool spring. The reason for this being is that when plants are grown that are hardy annuals in the spring and given a long period of establishment of cool or cold conditions, uh, they are allowed to grow a really nice big root system. And if you've been following along enough, you know that root systems for plants are one of the biggest things out there. Roots are like the sole or like the infrastructure of the plant. They are the food store most of the time for the plant, and also help to establish the plant as much as possible in the ground. The bigger the root system, generally speaking, you're gonna have a bigger, healthier plant. And this plant is not only able to get to a larger size or volume, it's also able to withstand drought. It's Going to be better able to find all the nutrients in the soil that it needs to get to. And it's going to be much more resilient and hardy and produce longer and withstand cold and heat and uh, insect pests and other issues far more robustly than a plant that has a very spindly, small root system that looks kind of sad. So, for hardy annuals in particular, they do need a cool or cold growing. Uh, period so that they're able to develop this root system here the main thing is that once hot temperatures and we're talking about 80 degrees fahrenheit that's kind of the last call for any of these hardy annuals that like the cool mild weather once we get to that temperature the plants start shutting down or going into dormancy for those of you who grow ranunculus and anemones you know that once we reach that 80 degree fahrenheit it's it's pretty much over for those plants. They start to yellow, their uh, flower production really drops off, and eventually it looks like they're basically dying. The whole plant just basically shrivels up and it, it dies back. That's not necessarily because the plant is is done or dead, but because the plant is going into dormancy, and that's being induced by the hot temperatures. So. With other plants like annuals, say like sweet peas, which also shut off at about 80 degrees Fahrenheit, once a day start getting higher above 80, things really just don't work for sweet peas as well. They really s- slow down in their production and they will start getting you know shorter inner nodes for their flowers and eventually the sweet peas are just going to yellow and die and go over. No matter how much you water them or fertilize them, if the temperature is too high, The plant is getting the signal that the season is done. It is time for them to either produce seed or to try and survive what they can. And you're not gonna get a lot of production out of that plant and eventually that plant is gonna end up just dying on you. So the best thing to do is to be able to give yourself the maximum length of time between being frozen and 80 degrees Fahrenheit. So we're looking you know, between 30 and 80 degrees Fahrenheit of being your high during the day what's kind of the longest time that we can look at as far as uh, allowing these plants to grow and establish themselves so for many of us that's going to be probably about six to eight weeks before spring maybe even a little bit further here we in uh, zone 7b here have a little bit more leeway because starting in february the weather usually gets a little bit milder it gets a little bit nicer so we're able to start our seeds and plant them out in february that gives them a good you know Uh, basically three months before April when temperatures start heating up and the days get longer. So that's a good 90 days to allow these plants to bloom, uh, grow from seed to to bloom and really get a good root system down there. If you're able to do longer, that's even better. If you live in a place like Zone 10, that's a, a coastal environment, that's got a really mild growing environment that doesn't really get super hot in spring very early. Uh, you have a really, really long, nice growing s- season as far as cool uh, mild growing conditions go and hardy annuals go, uh, which is a reason why you see crops such as ranunculus grown out in California and the coasts so Now that you understand this concept here uh we we can kind of see now that okay, so for good spring flowers, a lot of these will need a good, long cold establishment period. So how can we do that? If you live in a place where you're like us and you have a relatively dry and mild winter, uh, right now we're staying mostly above the 30s at night, sometimes dipping down to the mid to late, mid to lower 20s here occasionally, that's actually not too bad. There's quite a few flowers and plants that can survive into that, that will go on to produce uh, in the spring as a hardy annual. If you're living somewhere such as a zone six, uh, we're looking, you know, as far as getting down to about uh, negative four degrees in a zone six A, you have a little bit more, a little bit less leeway, but um, you still can grow quite a few things here. If you're in a zone five B or below, you may have problems as far as starting seeds right now and planting them out right now. For example, if I were still living back in Omaha, Nebraska, I would not be able to do that just due to the fact that there is snow on snow on snow. There's a lot of moisture in the soil that causes a lot of issues as far as planting anything into that soil, and not to mention that soil is frozen. So with that sort of growing uh, environment, if I were in a zone 5A or lower, going all the way down to zone two or three A, I would definitely wait a little bit of time before starting my hardy annuals and planting them out. We're looking probably more the traditional six to eight weeks before your last frost date. The nice thing is that if you do live in one of these colder growing zones of 5a or below, a lot of times we'll see that you actually will have a milder summer, relatively speaking. Nebraska being one of those exceptions where it does get hot and humid very quickly, so there's a very short window of time that you'd be able to grow and really kind of have good-looking spring flowers. Now, on the other hand, if you're in a Zone 3A, say if you're up in Moorhead, Minnesota, and, you know, it takes until probably maybe end of May for you to stop getting snow there and for temperatures to start warming up, uh, you would actually probably be pretty successful growing your spring flowers uh for a large majority of the summer actually and i would probably try to uh, plan for that so some of the longer hardier producing uh, annuals in the spring such as cornflowers or bachelor buttons uh even sweet peas if you can grow them during your summer uh, i would definitely try to just because they're seen as a traditionally spring plant doesn't mean that that's necessarily consisting of your spring for example here we can actually get away with growing sweet peas and uh, others traditionally spring blooming plants a little bit longer sometimes into july and that is because our nights are here in the high desert very dry and very cool we don't have that buffer of humidity and moisture that we did back in the midwest but um While it does kind of create an issue as far as keeping our plants hydrated, it does allow for the night to really cool down, dropping sometimes as much as 20 to 30 degrees. This really helps to kind of prolong the life of some of these spring blooming plants and allows us to have a longer, better season with them. So you'll have to know your own growing environment and kind of know what it is that your conditions are in spring. But the key things to kind of note are, when do you start getting above Well, about negative five consistently as far as your low. And when is it that you start reaching 80 degrees Fahrenheit as your daily high? That's kind of the window that you're looking at as far as when you can plant, establish, and then grow these flowers out. So let's talk a little bit more about the different hardiness abilities of certain plants. So you have some plants, I call these like the iron three, Icelandic poppies, orlaia. And dianthus, or sweet williams, or pinks, as some people call them. These are three plants that are classified as a hardy to USDA hardness zone 6a, and they can survive down to negative 4. Icelandic poppies, for example, come from Central Asia and North America, and in these locations, they live in really harsh environments, and uh, they are in these bare, exposed high altitude really winter cold areas that they're basically living in one of the harshest conditions in the environment that's available they're able to withstand these really cold temperatures so long as they have pretty good drainage and will survive living at that temperature and that's pretty cold i mean negative 4 fahrenheit that's pretty pretty chill as far as things go you know so These are three plants that I, if you are living in a colder zone, definitely try these. Uh, These are going to be far easier to make sure that you overwinter compared to some other of the hardy annuals here. So these are ones that we can actually grow very easily and very readily without any fear of them freezing or going, uh, going over because we are living in a milder zone. Once again, these three plants are able to be hardened off and are able to be transplanted into the ground and you can even provide them a little bit of protection or shelter in the form of uh, agribond or floating row cover or even a low tunnel or a hoop house covered with greenhouse plastic. These are all things you can do to help these plants to survive. But again, these are the iron three that are able to survive the coldest of the temperatures. But let's look at a couple other of the hardy annuals that can survive down to pretty decent temperatures. So uh, getting down to about that negative four degrees, maybe a little bit warmer there, um, you have the next set of hardy annuals that are hardy down to a zone 6B or 7A. And we're looking at bachelor buttons, queen anne's lace, uh, the true queen anne's lace, docus carota, as well as the false queen anne laces, uh, Amimagus and Amimiznaga, also known as Green Mist and White Dill. So we've got a lot of really good filler plants here. And we also have uh, Larkspur, that's another really hardy one. A lot of people will just directly sow that right onto their uh, growing areas and let the natural shifting of temperatures between freeze and thaw and freeze and thaw allow that natural germination of the Larkspur seed to start. So it's a really hardy annual, one that we don't provide any protection to and still uh, it will volunteer reseed everywhere and we love that plant. Uh, There's also uh, the annual phlox. This one surprised me a lot when I found out this during my research. Uh, That beautiful phlox is actually a cold hardy annual. And I think the reason why a lot of us struggle with it is that we think of it more of a summer annual because that's traditionally when we see it being used and grown but it actually is pretty hardy. Um, I did not know that before starting this research, so uh, it's really kind of been a very big game changer for me. So we are actually starting our fox seeds this weekend. Also, the uh, both black-eyed and brown-eyed seasons, Rubecchia fulgita and Rubecchia triloba are both very hardy. They're actually typically more of a semi-hardy perennial or biennial, depending on how you look at it, so it's no surprise that they're uh, ability to withstand these cold temperatures is a psi. And then there's also uh, Cress, Lepidium, or capsella. Both of these are very hardy. Uh, being a member of the cabbage family, that doesn't surprise me either. And again, these are hardy down to uh, about negative 4. Uh, a little bit warmer would probably ensure better survival, but they can withstand these temperatures down to negative 4. So that's just an example of some of these hardy annuals flowers that you can get started and then plant out and uh, they will take the cold once they are properly conditioned and uh, given the fact that if you protect them from the most extreme of winds and uh, they've got good drainage they will survive for you and even if you may not see these plants growing up on top of the soil so you know you may get your little seedling with this couple of leaves and it looks like it's not doing anything underneath the soil that root system is growing. And that's what you're looking for because that root system is not only what's gonna keep that plant intact and surviving, but also that root system is gonna power that plant later on to make sure that you can continue to allow it to grow during the spring. And it's gonna continue to grow as we get warmer. And it's going to basically explode into this big, gigantic, massively productive plant come spring. So let's go a little bit warmer here. Uh these plants are hardy down to about five degrees Fahrenheit. So we've got a couple more very popular ones here. Uh we have viols and pansies. Now I know a lot of the a lot of people don't use these as cut flowers. Uh we've kind of figured out a couple techniques to use them in sort of low compotes and uh getting the stems to about 12 inches. I'll cover that in a later podcast. But uh if you can grow violas and pansies successfully in your zone and have them overwinter, you can grow a lot of other stuff too. Uh, we can see that there are some spots in our yard where we have microclimates where violas will survive unprotected and other areas where with a little bit of protection, they will survive as well. So you can kind of also test your zones based on if violas or pansies traditionally used as bedding plants can survive in your, your growing environment or not. A couple others that are good at surviving at this temperature include uh, foxgloves. We're talking the annual varieties such as Dalmatian or Camelot. Uh, we are looking also at the Chinese forget me nots Cynoglossum amabilase. The annual baby's breath, uh, Gypsophila elegans, otherwise known as the cove garden variety. There's also bupleurum, uh, the nigella lovinimis, the damascena, not the hispanica. That that's a very important distinction to note because they are technically two different hardiness, as far as the different uh, varieties, the two different species actually, Nigella damascena and then Nigella hispanica, and they both have different hardinesses. So Nigella damascena is hardy down to five, and this is uh we're talking a USDA 8A7B. So you're still looking at a pretty warm environment to basically consistently guarantee that these plants will survive. On the other hand, you can always try to gamble and see, like, can I get away with this if I'm a zone 7A or 6B? You can. And given some certain conditions and uh, maybe some strategies such as, again, covering your plants or providing some insulation through mulch, your plants may survive, but it's not a necessary guarantee. So just so that you're aware there. So again, hardy annuals, really great. Uh, They are allowing you to basically get your season started earlier. And one of the other things that I really like about starting and planting out hardy annuals well before the last frost date is that when that last frost date hits, I'm thinking about the summer. I'm thinking about summer producing annuals and those tender annuals that can't take a frost but will continue to bloom for me until frost because that's really where our production starts kicking in here. Uh, We want to make sure that we get those plants in the ground so that by July, we're swamped with flowers. If we can get the spring blooming stuff established well before that, we're talking you know in February, March, come April when our last frost date is, boom, I can kick into high gear and start you know dahlias, zinnias, sunflowers, silesicia, that sort of stuff, and not have to worry about running around and planting out my spring annuals as well. Granted, again, we have the advantage of that we're able to plant out in February and March. Uh, I know that's not possible everywhere in everybody's growing zone and environment. But again, if you're able to get these established earlier on, get things at least started earlier here, you're going to have a much easier time when it comes to your last frost date, which is basically go time on a flower farm. So with these hardy annuals, again, it's not necessarily guaranteed that they're going to 100% survive your winter because goodness knows I have killed a lot of hardy annuals. It's taken me a lot of learning and experimenting and refining technique and species selection in order to get to this point here. But it will help you out a lot. Uh, One of the things that I love about the hardy annuals is that they will produce for me basically until June. So we're looking at almost three months of production out of some of these plants. I mean, if we talk about like bachelor buttons, for example, they will bloom for about 12 weeks. From start to finish. Isn't that crazy? And for us here, actually, we're able to harvest them all season long if we want them to. Same thing with Scabiosa, for example. Uh, Scabiosa etropurpurea, the annual variety, we're able to cut from a single plant an entire season. Granted, during the summer, during the heat, they don't do quite as well for us. You know, the blooms are much smaller, the stems are much shorter, they're less productive, but they will still continue to bloom intermittently for us. So, uh, Getting everything established and kind of set up here in the spring is wonderful because then it allows me to, again, focus on the summer, focus on you know other stuff as the business kind of gets going here. So I hope that this kind of makes a little sense as far as hardy annuals and a lot of the flowers that we traditionally think of as spring blooming flowers need to be started earlier and need to be established earlier. So in another podcast, I'm gonna be talking about how we do this and kind of the schedule and succession and planning and selecting the varieties of these plants here. So I hope that I've kind of opened up your mind and your eyes to hardy annuals and I hope that you are interested in them now. If you are interested in learning more, there are are a few very good blog posts on the Kokoro Garden blog that you may find useful reading. There's also some resources that you will find in there as well, uh, that you can use to determine your hardiness zone and determine your hardiness of your plant cultivar as well. It's got a whole list as far as what's hardy to which zone. So just go ahead and uh, find that there. The blog post is entitled, RHS Hardiness and Hardy Annuals. So um, thank you again for listening and join us next time. We'll talk a little bit more about Hardy Annuals and how to start them and how to actually get them going. I appreciate you guys, and we'll, we'll see you soon. Thanks for joining me here today. If you're interested in learning more about flower farming or gardening or just growing in general, check out my website at www.thekokogarden.com. That's T-H-E-K-O-K-O-G-A-R-D-E-N.com.